The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. one-on-one with Poppy Chulo. Today is Monday, September 1st, 2014, and I am your host, Poppy Chulo. Listeners, please welcome to one-on-one with Poppy Chulo, adult industry veteran, hip-hop artist, and one of the most underrated male performers in the porn industry, Justin Long. Welcome, Justin. Well, thank you for having me there, Poppy Chulo. You're welcome. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? It really has, but I'm glad we're finally getting a chance to do it because uh, you have been, in my opinion, one of my most fun guests in the past. Uh, I've interviewed you on my original website, poppychulosblog.com, and uh, we we also posted some really interesting articles that uh, you uh, sort of uh, approached us to write about. Uh, at one point, it was about you no longer wanting to do interracial porn, and uh, there was also even an announcement of re- retirement from the industry. So uh, so you were featured heavily on the original website, and you actually were our first uh, announcer for the station. So uh, you certainly have a long history with us here on on the station as well as on the original blog site. See, I do, I do. We had fun. It was good times, man. Absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I couldn't think of uh, a more appropriate guest for this week, which is a, a special week for me. It's the seven-year anniversary of poppychulosblog.com, and it's the four-year anniversary of the launch of the Poppy Chulo show. So it, it's a big week, and uh, I'm really excited that we're getting the chance to chat and um, to fill the listeners in on you and your story. Well, congratulations. I'd like to congratulate you. That's, uh, that's, Thanks, that's quite an achievement to make that many years, you know what I mean? Yeah, I can't even believe it myself. <laughs> it's like having a kid. Do you feel older yet? Yes. Yeah, so uh, so let's jump into the interview, and we're going to start off like I typically do, and that's by getting some stats out of the way, because, you know, you have these fans that adore you, but the majority of them, they haven't had the chance to see you in person. The only representation that they've seen of you is in pictures and the scenes that they view, whether it is on their TV, their computer, or mobile devices. So let's get some of your stats out the way. What's your height and weight? Okay. My height and weight. Uh, I'm just about 5'10", and I normally, I fluctuate, so I have a high metabolism, so I, I fluctuate in between like 165 and 175 normally, 
Um, sometimes uh, in weight training, back when I was playing football and stuff, I might hit 180, 185, but that's very rare. What's your zodiac sign? Oh, I'm a cancer. That's I'm a cancer. I was born in June, man, late June. I'm awesome. a cancer. <laughs> what's your ethnicity? Um, I'm native Indian, black and white. And okay. uh, pretty much it goes like that as far as my bloodline is concerned. So I'm a uh, registered Cherokee Indian. I'm about 35% Cherokee Indian. Um, I'm about 15% uh, black. And then my mother is white. But she's mixed with um, uh, German, French, and Scottish. So when you look at my bloodline, actually the... The, the most significant portion of my blood is, uh, is Cherokee Indian. And uh, how old are you? 44, man. Holy crap. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> uh, I think I have 26 more years and I'll be like 70. There you go. That's one way of thinking about it. <laughs> hey, the glass, is, the glass is half full, my friend. Half full. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, before we get into chatting about you and the business, I want to get to know a little bit more about the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? Uh, I'm originally from Central Coast Cali, born in Carmel, California. Okay, cool. And uh, what was life like for you growing up? What was Justin Long like as a kid, as an adolescent, as a growing, budding teen? Uh, I was trouble. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I was trouble, man. Uh, you know, my dad was never around, so of course I was a rebellious kid. Pretty hard for um, pretty hard for uh, you know, a single white woman to raise uh, what the world sees as a black kid. But then that black kid has Cherokee in him, and so he's sort of kind of just like you know, uh, really run with emotions. You know what I mean? A lot of Native Indians run with emotions, and so um, I find that that, that 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 runs pretty common. And so, um, so you know, me, I was sort of kind of just wild, uh, you know, the class clown, uh, always willing to talk, uh, still shy, but always willing to talk, uh, you know. And then my mother's side of the family is from from Oregon. Uh, my grandfather, believe it or not, was a white logger from Oregon. Uh, you know, her whole side of the family came in from England, uh, immigrated from England. And um, so uh, I grew up between um, uh, living in the barrio in uh, Salinas, California. Salinas. Olé. And, uh, and then uh, growing up in Eugene, Oregon as well. Uh, and then I moved back to California when I was 15. Um, so... So I've had a, I've had a little bit of uh, both worlds, you know what I mean? Uh, a little bit even culture shock for me, growing up in Eugene from eight to fifteen, and during my freshman year in high school in Oregon, where there's three black kids in the entire school of like thirteen hundred kids, and the other two black kids are friends of the family because my mom went to high school with their parents, um, you know, and then moving back to California where there's like black people all around. But fortunately, I had been coming out to California, you know, um, pretty much every year. And my aunt lived in the projects. A bunch of my friends were in the projects. By the time I got back, half of them were dead. Some of them were in the pen. And the rest of them were, uh, were, were just trying to struggle in life, you know, living in the projects in Central Coast Cali. 
Wow, that's quite um, a life, man. Yeah, yeah, pretty interesting, ain't it? <laughs> Absolutely, I 100% agree. So, what was going on with your life just before you entered the adult industry? What was going on in the years that led up to the decision to jump into porn? Well, uh, you know, I had, I had been working on trying to get into adult uh, for about four years. So I had been calling my agent for about four years, um, you know, and getting the same message every time, which was, sorry, we have enough guys. We're not taking any guys at this time. Try back in a couple of weeks, you know. And so, you know, I was I was I was pretty regular about it, you know, but but there was there was lapses. You know, I just stayed on top of it for the most part, you know. And um, so calling once a month or calling every other month or waiting a few months and then calling back or sometimes calling every two weeks, uh, you know, but it took about four years before I even got an interview with the agent. So I had just moved out to um, the ATL. Uh, I was living in uh, just outside of Atlanta in Marietta with a buddy um, from Monterey. And... um, and uh, it wasn't going that great, even though I'd only been there a couple weeks. And so I had a half chance one day, um, uh, you know, I, I, I called the agent up and they gave me a shot. And so I said, well, you know, I'm going to be out there in a couple weeks. And they, oh, we don't make appointments that far out in advance. You know, just call us when you get here. I said, but wait, but wait, I've been trying to get an appointment with you guys for like four years. And they <laughs> said, don't worry. When you get out here, just give us a call and make sure you get an appointment. So, uh, so literally, I got off the phone, I wrote my buddy a letter, and uh, I called Yellow Cab, packed my sea bag, because I used to be in the Navy, and that's literally what I had taken out to Atlanta, uh, packed my sea bag, took a cab from the house in Marietta to the Greyhound station and jumped on a Greyhound bus and spent five days, four nights on the Greyhound bus, took my ass out to uh, Ventura, where my buddy, who's like my brother, lived. And uh, went went to the interview from there, and it was all it was it was history from there. Wow, that's quite a story. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, it, I mean, it goes to prove, especially for anyone out there that's listening that maybe wants to join, that persistence is key. Yes, yes, you got to be persistent. If you think you're just going to ask once and they're going to say okay, then you're out of your mind. You're definitely out of your mind, you know. And it was even easier to get in then than it is to get in now. You know, so it, it, it's a it's umpteen times harder to get in now than it was to get in then. Yeah. At least for a guy, uh, for a girl, it, it's always been easy. You know what I mean? As long as you have the looks, of course. Absolutely. So, how long in total have you been in the adult industry? Uh, I started in the industry in like February of two thousand, or no, I'm sorry, like probably somewhere like August of two thousand, like seven. So, or, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, uh, uh, ni- wait, I mean, 1997. <laughs> there you go. That, that's it. a difference. 26 more years, I'll be 70. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, no, uh, like maybe August of 1997, uh, I shot my first movie. And so I've been in the industry in and out uh, since 1997. Uh, so just over what, like 14 years, almost mm-hmm. 15 years, something like that. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So I'm, I'm and, 
And you said on and off because there, there was a point very early on where you left and then you returned. Why did you end up leaving and what led to your return? Yeah, well, you know, I came into the industry and I blew up pretty big pretty quick. Um, you know, uh, uh, I, I, wasn't, I hadn't even shot a scene yet and Christian Mann, who just passed away, um, you know, uh, was already talking to me about contracts, you know, Hey, if this works out well, we'd like to, you know, consider you for some contracts, you know, when he owned Afrocentric still at the time, they were battling against Vivid and all the top, top, uh, uh, uh studios. And, um, so I blew up pretty big, pretty quick. I shot 15 movies my first month, um, you know, and, um, and, you know, Jim South had leaned over to me one day at lunch and uh and said you realize you're the fastest growing male model ever in the history of adult movies and i said excuse me they come on man what what about marcus what about sean what about lex you know and he said how many movies you think they did their first month and i said i don't know and he's all maybe three maybe four he's all how many did you do i said well i was booked for 15 but i shot 13. he's all my point exactly so that was sort of kind of how I started, you know. It was sort of kind of whirlwind for me. Even though I was 27, I was very naive as far as uh, adult was concerned, you know. And um, I guess it's with sexuality as well, you know. Uh, and so um, I was on my way to a dress rehearsal for Playboy Sex Court. And, uh, and uh, a truck ran a red light, sort of kind of cut me off. Uh, I threw my hands up, he threw his finger up, I threw my finger up, and when you're riding a motorcycle, the smartest thing you do is get away from a big truck when you're pissed off at each other. So I took off, and there was a malfunction with the motorcycle. I ended up high-siding my superbike on uh, on South Santa Monica, six blocks away from Playboy, totaled my bike, opened my arm completely open, uh, you know, and a um, and bunch of road rash. So that sort of kind of put me out for um, for a few months, and uh, I rebuilt the bike, and um, and then uh, we had the exact same problem. <laughs> so it was a it was a it was a it was a malfunction with the motorcycle, something that they had corrected later on uh, by putting a steering stabilizer on it, getting tank flaps, stuff like this. For all your listeners that know motorcycles, I've been riding since I was five, so. Uh, so that's sort of kind of what put me out. When I wrecked it the second time, um, I had enough road rash. I decided to come home, and I was recuperating, and then uh, started uh, producing raves and going to college and yada yada yada. You know, life just took its turn, and then um, and then I ended up going uh, back to LA in early 2004 um, to uh, go to school. Well, well, I moved down there, and then I ended up going to school. Um, but uh, I shot a couple movies, um, but um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, I, it, shooting movies is something that you have to sort of kind of, you have to get in the groove. It's not something that just comes natural. Uh, you got to get in the groove, and once you get worked into that groove, your body really sort of kind of gets used to the whole routine. And um, I guess it was actually earlier than 2004. It was probably like 2002, 2003. And um, <clears throat> so I shot a couple movies that were insignificant. Um, didn't really do too well, uh, you know, because I was just, I was, you know, was just coming back into it. 
and um, and and then quit doing it again, and then um, uh, went through school for the most part, left, came back, and when I came back uh, in late 2004, early 2005, I started shooting again. That's when I started shooting full time. Then I was shooting full time all the way through uh, all the way through 2009. Okay, and, and just an FYI for those who are actually doing the math at home, it's not like 14 or 15 years, you've actually been in the game 17 years, is it which that is many? pretty impressive, yeah. <laughs> 26 more years, I'll be 70. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so you were shooting nonstop till about 2009, and what led to this, um, I guess... Um, for lack of a better word, this stoppage of filming, because this was around the time where we did our first interview, and that first interview happened a couple of months after you uh, gave uh, poppychulosblog.com an exclusive that you were going to be retiring. So can you fill us in on what led to the decision to announce a retirement? And obviously you didn't stay retired. So what sort of was going on with you during that time? Right, right. Well, you know, I had sort of kind of just been, I guess, become, you know, tired and jaded of the industry. You know what I mean? Um, just, you know, I mean, every every industry has its politics. Um, and, and, and adult is not immune to that. Um, in fact, I would argue that adult is... is, is is probably one of the biggest ones with with that. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if you if you work in corporate America and you work at a company that has a hundred people, um, you know, I mean, there's going to be politics, but that's really office politics. This is really, you know, in politics and in, in the adult industry, it it becomes much more deeper. You know, it, it really starts affecting your bottom line on a daily basis. Um, you know, uh, so. So really, that's why I left was just, you know, the politics and the increased risk of exposure, um, you know, and, and then obviously the economy, you know, the economy crashed, um, you know, and uh, literally in, inside, a, inside of 60 days, uh, I went from uh, making an average of well over $7,000 a month to making less than 1500 so when your bills are around twenty seven hundred to three thousand dollars a month, um, you know uh, that's impossible to pay when you're only making fifteen hundred dollars a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so um, you know uh, beyond that, I also just been uh, diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis in in um, uh, late two thousand eight, mid to late two thousand eight, and um, so the disease was really affecting me. Um, you know, my ankle had been swollen up for about six, seven months. Uh, you can see some of the scenes because I was still shooting. See some of the scenes where I'm sort of kind of hobbling around. Um, and um, so just with everything combined, um, I was just sort of kind of over it. You know what I mean? I was just, I was just sort of kind of over it. I didn't really care anymore, uh, you know, what, what the cost was going to be to leave, but, but I was leaving. <laughs> you know, so it wasn't it wasn't a financial choice by any means, uh, really. But um, but yeah, I was just sort of kind of over it, and I just decided to leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you ended up returning. 
Uh, I returned for a short time, a couple different times. Um, so because of finances, um, you know, none of my returns have been because I wanted to return to adult. Uh, you know, it was because I have this career, I have a brand, um, and, and, you know, I need the money. So, so I went back and, and did some, did some scenes. And, uh, so what you're referring to is in early 2010, um, <laughs> after I had some devastating blows to plans that I had made and was executing, um, in early 2010, I went back, um, to shooting and, uh, picked up Lisa Ann Talent Management, uh, by far the most effective agent I had ever had. And I had had a few, including uh, world famous Jim South. Uh, obviously in the beginning, Jim South was the man. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, that was when there was no other games in town. Um, but in, in 2010, Lisa Ann by far was the most effective agent for black male talent. So I came back in 2010 shooting um, uh, features for Hustler and shooting for Kink and yada, 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 you know, uh, continuing to shoot for Brazzers and, you know, and, and, and Reality Kings and stuff like that. And um, uh, that's when a friend, that's when a friend through random conversation dared me to do something. And, uh, and she, I don't think she even knows to the day. Uh, but she dared me to do something and her words to me were, Oh, so Justin's only going to shoot with black girls now, huh? And I said, you know what? You're goddamn right. <laughs> and that was sort of kind of the deal. And, uh, so I wrote the op-ed and in less than 24 hours, um, the op-ed was released within the next 48 hours. It broke every record there was on lucasback.com. And, uh, and that's sort of kind of how it sort of snowballed, I guess, if you'll say. <laughs> so I returned, um, but I only shot for a few months, uh, you know, and, uh, a lot of people, you know, have their, have their, um, their thoughts about it, you know, oh, well, he wasn't working anyway and this and that and the third, oh, he was a second tier performer and yada, 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 but, you know. The reality is that uh, neither Lisa Ann or Lisa Ann Talent Management were very happy with me when I left. Um, you know, me and Lisa Ann are still friends to this day. I just talked to her a couple months ago. Uh, but, you know, when I left, uh, I canceled like $4,500 worth of work I had booked over the next month and uh, and said, nope, I'm not doing interracial no more. And, uh, and, and in effect, uh, you know, it was what I wanted to do, and it, it was basically it was a way of saying uh, I, I quit. I don't, I don't really, I'm not really, I'm doing it, but I'm not really happy that I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Type deal. So, so uh, that was sort of kind of my way, I guess. You know, and um, and then a lot of people started hitting me and wanted me to write blogs and do uh, you know black on black lines and this and that. But it's a lot of it's a lot of Hollywood and porn. You know, a lot of talk. Uh, nobody really wanted to facilitate, um, you know, and I wasn't really, I wasn't really, uh, I didn't really care either way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was sort of kind of over it. So, um, so that's sort of kind of how that went down. And, um, so I really didn't shoot 
basically anything. Uh, minus a couple things with Tom Moore for Devil's Films. Uh, you know, because I, I am loyal to uh, to the directors that have put money in my pocket before. And uh, me and Tom are good friends. So I went back and shot for Tom uh, for some uh, my new Black Stepdaddy uh, series, which I had been doing for him for a while. And um, that was pretty much it. And then uh, about... <clears throat> About four months ago, five months ago, I started shooting a few scenes, and um, and I shot some scenes, some for, uh, who was I shooting for? Uh, I was shooting for Stoney Curtis and Porn.com and, um, uh, 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 oh gosh, I can't even think right now. Um, names are skipping my memory. 26 years till I'm 70. Uh, so, but I started shooting, um, and, uh, and, you know, I really just wasn't in it, man. I really just wasn't in it. Um, I didn't have wood issues, um, you know, but I was just, I was just struggling to get back into it, you know, and, and it's really because my head wasn't in the game. Um, you know, all veteran male stars will tell you that your head has to be in the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, my head wasn't in the game. I was there for the money. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot of stress traveling to LA, uh, and then testing and now with testing and having to test every two weeks and increased cost of testing, um, you know, the, the increase of, 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 uh, uh, of exposure, uh, because of how quickly people are coming in and leaving the industry. Um, you know, and what people are doing outside the industry to supplement their income because they're not making any money in the industry. Um, the reduced price in, 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 um, talent fees, uh, you know, and then, and then just the wishy-washiness of, uh, of the industry itself. You know, I was, I mean, I shoot for the biggest companies in the world and, uh, you know, I had some of the biggest companies in the world just uh, jacking me around. Oh, you know, shoot dates this, call times this, you know, and then call me 24 hours ahead of time. Oh, no, we had we had to cancel it. The girl wouldn't show up. Get a different girl. Oh, we can't do that. Well, you know, so we're going to have to cancel it and then call me back up. Oh, we want to shoot it on this day. Okay, fine. And then not even a day before that day comes. Oh, no, we're going to have to move this date. And blah. You know what? I'm going home. You guys, what the hell you want to do? I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nobody can live like that with uh, mm-hmm. with, with with that type of wishy washiness. You know what I mean? Um, and, and and that's really that's really uh, I started shooting mainstream. Um, you know, motion picture TV, and uh, so I've always had very good luck in mainstream, and it's something that I that I, that I really like to do. And uh, you know, you, you don't. You don't go get cast by Universal, and Universal changes your 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 date. It doesn't happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So so that's that's the unprofessionalism of the adult industry. You know what I mean? Is they're relying on girls who are 18 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old. You know, out getting drunk because they're getting uh, you know they're getting um, uh, you know. Uh, catered by by some of the wealthiest guys in LA, and, uh, and then they don't want to show up to work. This and that and the third, it affects your bottom line. It's just it's, it's a whole mess, man. 
And this was part of the reason why I left the industry in the first place. You know what I mean? Was because it's just it's it, it's a shit show, as one of my friends says. <laughs> I yeah, I, I mean, after all of that and all of what you went through, I completely understand, and and hopefully that's helped uh, some of our listeners and you know your hardcore fans that have been following your career understand why you've been sort of in and out of the business uh, as much as you have been. So. Now that we sort of uh, have been talking about the trajectory of your career, you know, how you started and, and uh, you know, why all the stops, what I'm kind of curious to ask, because you sort of um, mentioned this in talking about joining the business. I mean, you had been trying to do it for a while. So when did you get the idea to join the business? When did you get the idea that you wanted to do porn and that this, it's, this was an experience that you wanted to try? 16 years old watching my first porn film. Of course I want to get paid to have sex with beautiful women. There you go. <laughs> Especially when you're 16 years old and you're not getting no pussy. You know what I mean? You're like, wait a second. There's an occupation where I get pussy and I get paid to get the pussy? Oh, I'm there. You know what I mean? So the day I turned 18, you better damn well believe I was on the phone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're if, if you're a straight or or even bi male, who doesn't want to get paid to have sex? You know what I mean? And, and with hot girls, nonetheless. You know, so it's like it's like, of course. You know, I mean, you can go to an office and sit in a cubicle and write code all day, or you can go work at Burger King. Or, you know, or whatever. Or you can go have sex with hot-ass females that half of the world wants to have sex with but can't. You know what I mean? And sit at multi-million dollar mansions. And before my scene starts, I'm smoking a blunt and drinking drinking some, some, some Hennessy next to a pool. <laughs> you know what I mean? There you go. At, at work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I get paid the same day. Yeah, crack me off that $800,000 and I'm out. You know what I'm saying? I popped a nut, smoked the blunt, drank some Henny, and uh, got $1,000 and I'm out. And it's not even 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Bye-bye. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to roll like that? Whether it's, whether it's uh, porn or mainstream TV, film, or music, or, you know, whatever, you know, something where you get to make your, you get to create your own schedule, you work when you determine you want to work, you're making close, if not over six figures a year, you know what I'm saying, and, 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 and at work, you can sit there and have an um, umbrella drink, you know what I mean, who doesn't want that job, so, so at 16, when I saw my first porn, I was like, holy shit, they really get paid to do this? Dude, I'm looking into that. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure those are my exact words. <laughs> well, there you go. So, I think a name in the adult industry is very important. You gotta pick the right one. You gotta pick a name that uh, is connected with you and that the fans can remember. How did you come up with your porn name? <laughs> well, you know... Um, when you pick a porn name back in the old old days, 
And what was it? They told you like, um, what was it? They told you to pick like, I forget where the first name came from. It was like, it was like, like the first name of your first pet and then the first street you lived on or some crap like that, right? So you can imagine, right? Like, uh, you know, like, you know, I don't know, Rex, you know, Rex Centennial. You know what I mean? You lived on Centennial Street and your dog's first name was Rex, right? You know, but um, mine was a little bit more interesting. When I went in, um, Blake Palmer, friend of mine, he's an old school Hall of Fame XRCO uh, porn star. He worked for Jim South. And uh, so when I went in, um, I sat down with him, filled out my talent card, and he took me to this back room. And you got to remember at the time, Jim South was the only game in the business. Directors would have to come in and look at Polaroids in these talent books and then pick the talent. And then, and then uh, Jim would call him right there and put him on the phone with the director and the director would book him. So talent was always hanging out in the office because that's where we get booked. This was in fax days, pre-internet, you know what I'm saying? And um, so he takes me to this back room and the office is fairly busy and I'm new to this. I had just walked in and he says, okay, uh, take off your clothes. There's some magazines there. Uh, go ahead and get yourself hard. I'm going to leave the door cracked and when you get wood, just give me a call. I'm going to come in and take a couple pictures of you. Huh? You want to take pictures of me? What <laughs> 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 the fuck? Whoa, okay. I'm here. Might as well do it. <laughs> right? You know? So, uh, so I get wood. You know, it's a little bit weird with a cracked door and people in the next room and I'm jerking off to a hustler. You know, but I'm in the room jerking off to a hustler. It was pretty fun, actually. And, um, and, yeah, 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 I'm like, all right, I've got wood. Right? <laughs> and so I go to the door, I'm all, Gibby! <laughs> right? And I shut the door because I don't want anybody to see my ass naked because that won't ever happen, right? No, no, no. You're in porn now. People don't get to see you naked. And, um, so he comes in and my wood's just falling by the second. <laughs> and especially when he walks in, right? I'm like, I'm still trying to jerk off. He's trying to take the picture, right? And uh, so he takes the pictures and uh, he says, okay, go ahead and get dressed. Come on out. I'm going to sit you down with Jim Sal. And uh, so I get dressed and I go out and Jim Sal's on the, uh, on the phone with somebody and Skippy sits me down at Jim's uh, desk, you know, and there's a bunch of people in the office and stuff. And uh, Jim's sort of kind of fanning the Polaroids so that they'll dry. And if you've ever seen pictures of Jim South, he's an old school cowboy out of Texas. And nice guy, like a father to me. And, um, and uh, he's, he has his glasses on. And as the picture dries, I can see that there's obviously an image coming because he's looking at the image. And he sort of kind of drops his uh, glasses down on his nose and looks at the picture, looks at me pulls his glasses back up, looks at the picture, looks at me, finishes his conversation, hangs up the phone and says, hmm, well, we might as well just call you horse. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so, so it was sort of coming on from there. So he said, what do you want your name to be? I always like the first name Justin. And if they're going to call me horse, it might as well be long, right? So I called myself Justin Long. <laughs> so that's how I came up with the name. <laughs> and a porn star was born. And a porn star was born. You know, a lot of people tried to get me to change that name, though. Yeah. <laughs> My boy Byron tried to get me to change that name at a, at a Playboy. It was, it, well... It was a swinger, it was a swinger um, party, and but they had like a couple freelance Playboy uh, videographers there running around doing video and stuff. Uh, and uh, me and Byron and Cole Miner were sitting there, and, and Byron was, you know, there's too many longs, man. You got to change your name. You got to change your name. And I almost did. I almost did for him, you know, because I'm like, well, shit, this is Byron Long, right? Yeah, and I'm like, and I almost changed it to just in time. And now there's somebody in the industry named Justin Time, but he came in years after me. But I almost changed it to Justin Time, T-I-M-E. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I, but I didn't. I kept Justin Long, and and it went on from there. Yeah, I'm glad you did. I think it uh, worked out well for you. <laughs> okay, so. Let's talk about your first day on an official porn set. What was that like for you? Were you nervous, excited, scared? What was going on in your mind? Oh, wow. Well, that was easy. <laughs> that was easy. It was in great porn fashion. Let me tell you about it. So I get booked for with Joyce Oliveira. And, uh, and uh, me and Joy are friends for this day. We were just talking on Facebook the other day. And... Uh, and so there was this girl, what was her name? I can't even remember her name. I think she was one of those girls that was just in and out, but she was banging Southern California blonde, right? I was really excited. I really wanted to have sex with this girl. And, uh, so I, I went through all the bullshit and, and you know, got tested and blah, blah, blah. Went on go sees with Jim or for Jim, through Jim. And um, so I get booked with Joey and um, Blair Seagal. Blair Seagal was her name. You can look her up. And um, and so I go all the way downtown L.A. I'm talking downtown L.A. I'm talking like down by Alameda, like downtown, downtown L.A. And uh, and we sit there for two fucking hours and the bitch never shows up. Wow. <laughs> no call, no show. So that was my first experience shooting a porn movie was a no-call, no-show. Isn't that fitting that that's why I sort of kind of left the industry? <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> right. But if we go to my actual first shoot, um, that, that actually happened. Uh, it was for uh, Mark and Matt Zane, Zane Brothers. And um, it was Natural Born Nymphs, like 16 or some shit. And I worked with Blondie Anderson, and uh, I love Blondie Death. We saw each other off camera for a little bit. And, um, <laughs> but it was pretty funny because I, I, I always get the brothers confused, but it was, I think it was Mark. Um, Mark was, was shooting it and he had his girlfriend there. And so he's sitting behind this desk with his girlfriend on his lap and they're just interviewing me and Blondie. This is like not set up at all. They're like, okay, you guys are going to shoot your first porn. What do you guys think? And blah, 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 you know? And we're just sitting there in front of the desk like, uh, because neither of us have shot a porn before, right? And uh, 
and, and I love Blondie to death, but Mark's girlfriend's sister is sitting right behind us on this love seat, and that's the one that I really wanted to have sex with. So it was like sort of kind of a little bit of a mind fuck. <laughs> Probably not the best decision on Mark's part to have a girl hotter than the one that I was shooting with sitting there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably just not a good decision, you know? So, uh, so of course, you know, I have my, uh, you know, I have my jitters like all males will, uh, all males will on their first shoot. And, uh, so they just gave us a couple minutes and, uh, we got into it and I'm like, we're ready. <laughs> you know, they came in, shot it and cut out. It went all good. Got my paycheck and was out of there, you know what I'm saying? And then me and Blondie started seeing each other for a little bit, and it was just—it was all good, you know. Things were uh, things were good. We we're having we were having a great time, you know. So so uh, that was that was my that was my first actual scene ever that I shot, you know. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Good story. <laughs> I like it. Okay, so uh, overall, what do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? Um, that's a rough one. You know, I mean, I like a lot of the people that I came in contact with. A lot of the people that I came in contact were were good people. You know what I mean? Um, I would say, though, that my favorite part about shooting adult was being able to make my own schedule. Being able to make my own schedule, uh, making more than enough to survive, and the freedom that that allowed me. You know what I mean? So my family at the time was living in um, in northern Nevada. And so, you know, I could just, you know, I could book my stuff right, and then I could just go, I'm out for a week and a half, and just jump in my truck with my dog, you know, or my 350Z with my dog, and sell the hell out, and go to Montana and see my brother, or go to Nevada and see my mom, or, you know, do whatever, you know go hang out in the desert, go into high country in, in Tahoe and go, you know, go into back country, wheel into back country with my dog and go camping with my brother and my dog and fly fish for a week, you know? So, so it allowed me to be able to do that. And, 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 and on a very regular basis, you know what I mean? Like at least once, twice a month. Um, so, so, um, that's that's sort of kind of what I liked about it, you know, was 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 that freedom that I had, you know what I mean? Because when it came down to it, <clears throat> I worked a lot. True enough, oh seven, early oh eight, it was not uncommon for me to be doing two and three scenes a day, seven days a week. Um, you know what I mean? Fighting to take a week off a month, you know what I mean? Because directors, as soon as you tell them. Oh, well, I'm going to be taken off on... Oh, no, 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 I got deadlines. I have to get my team. No, bro, you got to shoot for me. You got to shoot for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what I got used to was telling them that I was, that I was taking off on a certain date, but actually I wasn't leaving for a week and a half after that. And so they would book all their shit real quick. And then, and then by the time I actually wanted to leave, I've got all my directors out of the way and all their, all their, all their deadlines are met. And now I've got a bunch of extra money. <laughs> so so I'm having a good vacation. <laughs> yeah, so so uh so I got used to it. But but that's what I liked the most was was the freedom, you know. And like I said, who can complain about about going to work and kicking it by a pool, you know, some four or five million dollar mansion, 
you know, chilling out with naked ass girls that are blowing you by the pool and you're smoking a blunt and drinking some Hennessy. How can you complain? There you go. <laughs> you, you can't. <laughs> you can't. If you do, you're just an idiot. <laughs> you're just an idiot if you're really complaining at that point. But then again, I guess I'm an idiot because, you know, there's a lot of stuff that there's a fair amount of stuff to complain about. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, bitch, didn't you smell your pussy before you came to work today? Yeah, it's fucked up. What? I got to <laughs> shoot with this bitch. Yeah, that's something to complain about. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know? And if you walk out, you ain't working for that director again. So, what does that tell you? <laughs> you know, that director could be $20,000 your bottom line for the year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, so, like, you don't really have a choice. So, actually, there are stuff to complain about. You know what I mean? But, you know, the, you know, the, I mean, the, the freedom you can't really complain about, though. Absolutely. Talking about complaining, maybe there'll be a little complaining in this answer. Let's get sort of like the yin and the yang of being on set. What turns you on the most and what turns you off the most when you're on set? Uh... <clears throat> You know, I guess for me, because I'm sort of kind of a little bit more, like, I guess I'm sort of kind of a little bit more intimate, you know what I mean? Um, but, like, I don't I don't particularly, you know, like, I don't mind if a girl is, like, talking about, like, her personal life, this and that. Like, for instance, I just had this, I just had this experience. And, um, and, and the girl said, you know, uh, like, the girl said, um, Oh, you know, I was out. I was out last night, and and uh, my boyfriend railed me pretty hard. It's like, do I really need to fucking hear that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do I do I do I really need to hear that your boyfriend fucked the shit out of you last night? Right? Where's his test? You know what I mean? Because that's what comes to my mind. Where the fuck's his test? <laughs> I mean, so so like so like you know shit like that. The hooker mentality, you know, the girls that come in there with the complete attitude, like, dude, I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't really want to talk to you. Just stick your fucking dick in me, and I don't really even want it there. But just stick your dick in me. Let's get this fucking over with. Cause I just want to get my paycheck and get the fuck out of here. You know. So we call that the hooker mentality. You know what I mean? Um, that's always a little bit annoying. Um, of course, when girls come to set and they got chunky white shit coming out of their pussy, that's never fun to deal with. Uh, it's not particularly fun going to work and, and working with girls who are on their period, but they won't take time off. So they want to stick a spee sponge in there, uh, pretend like it's okay with you, you know what I mean? And then you have to ram the head of your dick into a sea sponge fucking a thousand times over the next hour and a half. That's not necessarily fun. Um, <laughs> I would agree. Yeah, there, there's a lot of shit like that, you know, that people just don't think about, man. They really just don't, you know, they really just don't think about some of this shit, you know. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, some of the positions, we have to do them. But some of the positions are just straight fucking annoying. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you know, some girls don't know how to fucking reverse cowgirl okay then please do not make us do reverse cowgirl and most of the time the directors will work with you you know they'll see it especially if you're a veteran male you know because we learn how to control the girls put them where we want them to 
but some girls are just too too fucking scatterbrained to really catch the idea that we're putting them where the fuck we need them to be. This is not home sex with your boyfriend. You're getting paid to do this shit. And you're getting paid more than me to do this shit. So just shut up and take the fucking dick. Let me put you where I need to put you so that we can get this fucking over with. But the girl always wants to think she's right, even though she's got 20 scenes under her belt and I've got 700. All of a sudden, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, okay, sure. Yeah. And she's normally out of the industry in less than three months. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because she's a pain in the ass to do it. You know what I mean? And directors are like, baby, you're cute, but you can't fuck worth the shit and you have a really bad attitude. I don't want to shoot you anymore. But they don't tell them. They just don't book them. You know what I'm saying? And fucking the girl's gone. <laughs> you know? so, so that's how that normally works out. But those are some of the types of things that are sort of kind of daunting on set. You know, other things are, you know, and sometimes it's not necessarily the production's fault. But other things are like when you get a call time at one o'clock and then fucking you don't even start shooting the scene until six o'clock at night. It's like, why the fuck have I been here the last six hours? Hello? Mm -hmm. What the fuck's going on with you guys? I could have booked another fucking scene in between now and then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You guys are costing me money. Get your shit together. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, who the fuck want to be on set for 14 hours? This ain't no motion picture. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and you damn sense. well ain't paying me sag rates. <laughs> you know? So it's like, come on, man. Come on. Get it together. So that's what kind of annoying shit, you know? But <laughs> that's all part of the game, you know? It, it, it's all, all part of the game, you know? So, you know, there's, there's shit, you know, there's shit like that you have to deal with at every job, right? You know, if you're in customer service, you have to deal with asshole fucking customers who fucking don't know their head from their hole in the ground, but they want to sit here and pretend like they fucking know what's really going on, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so, so you know, I mean, you know every, everybody's got to deal with something at their job, so, you know, but, I mean, it, it could be a lot worse. It exactly. could be a lot yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah. That's very true. Okay, I want to break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most? Oral, badge, or anal? All three. Okay. There you <laughs> Greedy ass. And in that order. Greedy ass. <laughs> Somebody's just breaking the rules already. <laughs> well, you know, uh, all depends on the girl. You know what I mean? Some girls, some girls love anal. So when you get in their ass, they're going to flip out and like just fucking go greedy for it. You know what I mean? And that might turn you on more. Some guys don't like doing anal. Um, uh, you know, the girl's pussy might be fucked up, you know, just like blown out. And so maybe her ass feels better, you know? Some bitches don't know how to give a blowjob to save their lives. Yeah, I'm telling you. Pussy and blowjobs and women are not all created equal. Period. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've been around the block a couple times. Trust me on this one. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I, you'd be surprised at how many girls I've met in the industry that just straight up cannot give a fucking blowjob. Period. Period. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow. Really? I, I thought it was in your guys' DNA. <laughs> yeah. 
Not to, not to be a male chauvinist, because I'm so not. Ladies, I love you, too. I love you. I love all you ladies. I think you should get equal pain, equal rights, and men shouldn't beat you up. But, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of kind of being funny here, but, but at the same time, true. You know, I've met a lot of girls that, that just cannot get blowjobs in the industry. You know what I'm saying? Like, where they think that their hand is the only thing that's supposed to move. No, move your head, bitch, move your head. Like, come on, help me out here, you know? Or girls, uh, my particular favorite, girls who are on a porn set that don't want to give you head. Huh? Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere in the job description. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like a garbage man that doesn't want to touch a garbage can. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, like, wow. Can somebody get this bitch some common sense? <laughs> you know, <laughs> with a side order of some, what the fuck are you thinking? You know, like, come on. How are you going to be in the industry and not give people head if you're a chick? You know what I'm saying? Then you better start doing some girl-girl stuff. Because that's not going to work, not liking to give dudes blowjobs and you're trying to be a porn star. You know what I mean? So, so I, I, I like all three. I like all three. Uh, very hard for me to come off of a blowjob. Uh, Mia Bang was one of the only people that have ever got me, like, where I had to, like, literally push her head away from my cock because I was about mm -hmm. to pop in her mouth. I was like, whoa, holy shit. And Jim Camp looked at me and said, like, dude, are you going to come? And I said, dude, I was about to. Holy shit. Hey, can we go out later? <laughs> of course, Mia just laughs and she's like, you like that, huh? Yes, yes. <laughs> I am your man slut from now on. I am your man slut from now on. <laughs> uh, but Mia was awesome. I loved her to death. That was shooting for RuthBlackwell.com. Uh, I was, I was, uh, what was I? What was I? I was like some house helper, and they called me in and molested my black ass. Just another day on the job. Oh, just another day on the job. You know, you know how it goes. <laughs> What's your favorite sexual position? Mm. What is it on set when you're doing a scene, and does that differ from your personal life? Nah, it really doesn't. I like spoon. <laughs> I'm a lazy fucker. <laughs> Let me just lay down. Yeah. I'm a lazy fucker. I like, I like spoon. No, I like spoon. Um, you know, uh, I like cowgirl. And reverse cowgirl. I do I do all this shit in my personal life, just so you yeah. know, by the way. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Girls be tripping out. Like, you want me to do what? Bitch can reverse cowgirl. <laughs> no, what's that? <laughs> oh, shit. Really? Wow. I forgot you're a civilian. Okay. Um, here, let me help you out. <laughs> and then they're all, that was great. I'm like, well, good. <laughs> you know? That's why I wanted but, you to do it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but I like Spoon. I like Spoon because you're just really close to the girl. The bodies are really close together. You can get really deep. You can sort of kind of dig up in there. You know, you can reach around and choke her or grab her titty or play with her clit. It's all open. You know what I mean? Like, like, I like cowgirl and stuff like that. But I don't like, um, 
I don't like necessarily being wrapped up. I like the freedom to move, to move my hips, you know, stuff like that, you know. That's where a lot of girls make mistakes on porn set when guys are trying, like, if you got a girl in reverse cowgirl, I'm trying to push her butt up and keep her off of me. That's why we have them put our hand, their hands right at the top of our chest, right at the base of our neck. So that Because a lot of girls will try to put it on your arms, on your stomach, all sorts of shit, and then you can't move to fuck. You know what I mean? That's why they're like, no, just put them on your, put them on the chest. That's why you always see the girls' hands in the exact same place when they do reverse cowgirl shit like that. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so, just at home, like I like that. I like, I love having a girl face down, face down, ass up, not even ass up. It's just face down, legs together, fucking, just like taking it to town. You know, kissing her neck, kissing her ear nibbling on her ear, talking dirty to her, pulling her hair, you know, kissing the shit out of her while I'm fucking her from behind, but she's laying face down, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. That's, that's sort of kind of my favorite. And of course, we know how a scene ends. In a scene, where is your favorite place to shoot your load? <laughs> uh, uh, in a scene. Well, uh... You can't really, like, you can't, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess, like, in a scene, my favorite place to shoot a load is probably to, like, just come out of whatever position we're in and just let it fly. You know what I mean? Let it Like this, yeah, like, like this sort of kind of bullshit of, like, you know, setting up for a pop and popping on the chest or popping on the face or blah, 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 blah. It's like, man, give me a fucking break. Dude, most dudes... Don't even make it to that. The video's already been turned off, put away, hid back underneath their bed before it even gets to that. Most dudes haven't even seen where the fucking pop happened on the video they own. You know what I'm saying? So, like, so like most dudes, I don't know why they even call it the money shot, to tell you the truth. I really don't, dude. You know, because I don't know too many guys that fucking make it all the way through, like, a 15-minute scene or an eight-minute scene, you know, before they're already done popped. You know what I'm saying? Like, normally, as soon as you get into it and, and fucking, the, you know, the chick gets done giving a blowjob and now she's spread open fucking moaning and, and getting the shit rammed out of her and you're getting the close-ups and all that, the dude that is jerking off is already fucking done. You know what I mean? It's like, he, he's already putting his fucking towel away, his movie away, is lube away. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't even know why they call it the money shot. I swear to God. You know, I guess, you know, I guess some people are like, you know, guys are like, oh, I want to see him come on her. You know, I guess some guys are like that, you know, but, um, but me, I mean, my favorite thing is like, I think, I think natural is better to tell you the honest, you got the truth. And, um, you know, uh, most of the guys that are, like, at home fucking their girl, uh, unless their girl just has, like, cum fetish or something, most of the guys that are at home fucking their girl that pop in their girl's face are just trying to emulate porn, if you ask me. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you ask me, they're just trying to emulate porn. You know? So, so like, me, if you're fucking a girl doggy, just fucking pull out, and fucking, you're going to have a better pop anyway. You know what I mean? Because you lose some of that sensation in the transition of coming out of doggy. Now the girl's got to get onto her knees. 
half of the time she fucks up and she doesn't even know which way she's supposed to be facing. I've had girls that turn the opposite direction of the fucking camera. And I'm sitting here with my fucking dick in my hand ready to come. Wow. Like, like, really? The fucking camera's over here, you dumb bitch? Like, fucking hello. What the fuck are you doing right now? That's why you're in porn. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it wasn't just a choice for you, darling. <laughs> like, you know? It's like, come on, man. You know? It's so like, in the director's all, uh, baby, you need to face the camera. You need to face the camera. Meanwhile, your, your load's just going away. Because you're like, dude, I don't even want to waste my shit on this girl. Like, like she doesn't deserve it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, wow. Yeah, but no, <clears throat> when you come out of it natural, I think all guys will agree. Pops are harder. You know what I'm saying? Because you're, you've got that excitement running and you want to, you want to let loose anyway, because you're always going to sort of kind of set up for a pop. You know what I mean? So normally you'll like stop and the, and the director will be like, okay, we're going to go to the pops. You know, just give me like, you know, a minute or 30 seconds or a minute and a half of hard fucking and then we're going to pull out. And you set up where the pop's going to be, how the pop's going to go down, whatever have you, right? But, you know, even if you do that, if you just, like, you know, like, because you're ready after 45 minutes an hour, you're ready to just fucking unload on this girl. You know what I mean? And so, so like, if you're in doggy, you know, you're just going to have a better pop if you don't have to move to that transition. If you were allowed to just come out... And fucking, like, just blow all over her ass, all over her back, you know, watch it dripping down her pussy and shit. You're just gonna, you're just gonna have a better pop, you know? That transition, I mean, obviously we do it, but that transition sort of kind of takes away from some of your excitement of ready to pop, in my opinion. And the spontaneity of it. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's really what I mean, is that yeah. spontaneity, you know what I mean? Because it's everything worked up inside of you. You know, whether you're an ass man or a leg man or a hair man or, you know, a girl's hair really gets me off. You know what I mean? Fucking grabbing her hair, sort of kind of smelling her hair while I'm fucking her doggy, coming out, fucking popping all over. You know what I mean? Type deal. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, you start going into this drop on your knees. The girl's looking up at you. Fucking, she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. She thinks that she can just play with your balls however you want. It's like, <clears throat> quit touching me. Quit fucking touching me. I'm trying to come on you. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, wow, you that took me much. back. That took me back to a scene or two. <laughs> I believe it. We were all there <laughs> with you. You know, the bitch is trying to fucking like grab your balls and fucking rip them off. You're trying to come. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Hello? <laughs> like, just, just sit there. <laughs> 26 years until I'm 70. Woo! <laughs> you are too much. Uh, yeah, I like to be honest. <laughs> I love it. How would you describe your fuck style? <laughs> a smooth operator. I knew it. I knew you had a little Sade in you. Did you ever see the movie where I sang that shit? Oh, God, that was embarrassing when I went back and looked at it. But, when you know, when I shoot, <laughs> when I'm in front of the camera, I don't think about the consequences afterwards. I really don't. 
<laughs> I really don't. If you look somewhere, I swear to God, you will find after I fuck Bridget the Midget. Uh, I, I swear to God, I'll, I'll get back to your question. I swear to God, you'll find the, uh, the BTS video of uh, there was some balloons on set. And so I'm butt-ass naked, just fuck Bridget the Midget. And, uh, and fucking, I'm sitting there sucking on these helium balloons. And, and I started singing, Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. You're <laughs> just shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. You know, from South Park. It was a great movie. Come on, sing it with me. You're an uncle fucker. Yes, indeed. You fuck uncles every day. <laughs> yeah, that, that shit was awesome. Awesome. I loved it. But, um, okay, so what was the question? <laughs> there you go. Shout out to Bridget the Midget. <laughs> Wherever she is. Uh, oh, my fuck style. My fuck yes. style. Um, you know, um, my dick is really sensitive. <laughs> Aww. Should we start a letter-writing campaign? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> please, please be sensitive with my penis. Um, no, so, so, like, so, like, I'm not one of these, like, rabbit fuckers, what we call them, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, a lot, of, a lot of the white uh, stars in, in the industry, you know, they'll fuck really, 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 really fucking fast, right? they've got something um, to prove. Well, it is what it is, but they end up hurting a lot of the girls. You know, the girls say that, you know, because, um, you know, they're fucking daily, too. So, you know, when they get somebody that's just pounding the fucking living shit out of them, fucking, you know, 20,000 RPMs, you know what I mean? Um, you know, they fuck a lot of the girls up. So, uh, you know, me, I like, I don't know, you know, I like to, uh, I like to go fast sometimes, go slow sometimes. I like to... I like to sort of kind of have an erotic scene, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, even even if it was going to be some type of, you know, white BDSM or some shit like that, I'd still want it to be erotic, you know what I mean? Where, um, you know, even even if it's like, you know, like, like say, because a lot, of, it really depends on who you're shooting for, you know, because the director's going to set the tone, you know what I mean? Uh, just by... What is the what is the what is the synopsis of the scene? Um, what you know? Who are you shooting for? If you're shooting for if you're shooting for Brazzers, you are not getting away with the same shit that you would if you're shooting for Kink. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and that's across the board. You know, with all these different you know studios. You know. So, you know, we're at, at kink. They might want me to, you know, light slap the girl and spit in her mouth and shit like that. You know what I mean? But, but you know, at like, say, Brazzers or somebody like that, you can't even put your fucking hand around her throat. You know what I mean? So, so it really just depends on who you're working for, uh, what the scene is calling for. You know, me, I'm not a mean person. Um, you know, um, I, I like, oftentimes I've asked girls, you know, what, what gets you off? And actually it's really hard to get an answer out of that. You know, like girls are like, Oh, I want to save my orgasms for my boyfriend at home. Like, Oh, you're getting like $1,500 to shoot this fucking scene. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's like, get with the program. All right. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to make some hot shit here. You know, so like me. I like to, you know, light choking, um, you know, some name calling, and, and it's it's name calling for 
for erotic sexual purposes, not to degrade the woman. So if I call her a whore, it's because, you know, a lot of women in there, you know, when you ask them in the most intimate situations, they're like, oh, yes, I like being fucked like a little whore. You know what I mean? <laughs> I want to be my man's little whore. You know what I mean? So, like, so you know, that that's what it's really sort of kind of all about, you know, teasing with them, oh, you like my cock in your ass, don't you? Or, you know, shit like that, you know? So I like some of the dirty talking, a little bit of spanking, um, some, some nipple torture, you know, pinching their nipples, biting their nipples softly, you know, some passionate kissing, while, you know, while she's trying to moan, but I won't let her moan because I'm kissing the shit out of her as I'm fucking the shit out of her. You know, shit like that, you know? So it's just it's fun stuff like that. <laughs> Sounds like a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. You know, some hair pulling. I love pulling hair and hard. <laughs> like, I'm trying to break your neck, woman. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm trying to break your pussy, your back, and your neck. All at the same time. Ah, damn. I want to get your opinion on scene types. Because you've been in a variety of different types of scenes. And you've done one-on-ones. You've done threesomes. You've done group-style sex as well. So, in your opinion, which type of scene is easier to perform in and which type of scene is more difficult to perform in so out of the this grouping of one-on-ones threesomes group sex which is the easiest to perform in and which is the most difficult one-on-one is the easiest and group are the hardest okay yep you do the least work in the group sex because you got the scene's going to be oftentimes not very much longer than a regular one-on-one scene so, you know, anywhere from 8 to 15 minutes. You know what I mean? So, you're still going to take the same amount of time to shoot it, 45 minutes to an hour, hour and a half. But, you know, you got three, four, five, six, seven, how many guys? You know what I'm saying? And now you all have to fuck within that amount of time with one girl or two girls or whatever it is. You know what I mean? So, you're doing a lot less work. You know I mean? I've been in scenes where I was in the pussy for two minutes. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you have to prepare mentally for that. You have to prepare for guys with swinging dicks being right next to you. You have to prepare for jumping into this girl's pussy right after your nigga got out of it. And it's, you know what I'm saying? You have to prepare yourself for, okay, how is this pop going to go exactly? And where is it at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Are we all, like, internally popping in this girl? And then if we are, how are we cutting because she's cleaning up before I put my dick back into this nigga's cum? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That ain't going down like that. You know what I'm saying? So so there, there's there's a lot more to worry about with um, with male-on-male. I mean, with, uh, with uh, group scenes. You know what I'm saying? Not to mention the exposure. You know what I'm saying? If one person has anything... You're probably going to have it. Hey, welcome to porn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Brooke Ashley. Brooke Ashley did a 500-man gangbang. They didn't have enough guys. So they brought in a lot of guys into the industry. Oh, go get tested today. Okay, fine. Her contract called that 250 of them had to wear porn, had to wear condoms. 
fine. All right. She got HIV from that shoot. You know what I'm saying? And it was a lot. And I think one guy, one or two guys did. Mm-hmm. But it was very lucky that more didn't. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, so these are all things that you have to worry about. So shooting on one-on-one is much easier. You know, a lot of guys are stingy. I don't necessarily like to show the pussy. You know what I'm saying? Now, there's some guys that I'm used to working with. John John, Byron Long, Mr. Marcus, you know, uh, Ray Black, uh, Hooks, uh, Tone Capone, um, you know, on and on and on. There's a lot of guys that I've worked with regularly where we're doing boy, boy, girl. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Derek Pierce. You know what I'm saying? Me and Derek had some of the funniest scenes together, you know? Um, and so you get used to working with certain other male talent. You know what I'm saying? It can be a little bit hard to work with Brian. Because <laughs> Brian likes to roam his eyes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, look at this pussy here. Look at the pussy. Look at the pussy. <laughs> Which Brian? Brian <laughs> Pumper. <laughs> I love the nigga, but his eyes like to roam. You know what I mean? And I ain't even hating. I ain't even hating. But it's like, dog, we're trying to get something done over here. You can look at the pussy. <laughs> Just look at the pussy, Brian. <laughs> I love him to death, though. I love him to death. <laughs> Brian's always been cool to me, and I'll always be cool to Brian. There you go. <clears throat> just as long as yeah. just putting all the cards on the table well since you're doing that let me ask you this in all of the group scenes that you've been in i'm sure like you said you've been paired up with uh people that you know you know you sort of see the same faces uh-huh. who is the stingiest with the pussy like who is a pussy hog like someone that's gonna be in there and is gonna like fight the hardest to not let anybody get in well, I'm going to tell you a story, and I don't remember the dude's name, and that's why I'm going to tell you this story. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> I could definitely call another nigga out, but I ain't going to do that. So You will do that uh, post-interview. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so there was a, it was the last time I worked for this company, too, uh, and this was why. And um, uh, it wasn't because I wouldn't work for them. It was because they wouldn't have me back, and I understand that, and I'm fine with that, too. Um, so it was a, uh, it was a gangbang for anabolic and, um, I had been shooting a lot for anabolic and, um, so it was a mixed gangbang. There was white guys and black guys and there was two girls, one Asian, one Russian, and there was 14 guys and two girls. And we had been there for a while in the first place and yada, 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 whatever. But it was all good. Uh, most of us knew each other. You know, there was a lot of people on the set. Uh, Brian Pumper, John Strong, Alec Knight, me, John John, uh, Byron Long. Uh, I mean, just the list was on and on and on. It was it was some of the top talent in, in, in the world. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, a Tony T, um, you know, just on and on. And um, so there was this one white guy that was literally, because they had multiple cameras going, and so they had the girls... Like, so that they can get them in one frame, but they're not so close that they can't get them in individual frames. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, so they, okay, so you got me. You're 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 with me. We're on the same page. Mm-hmm. So, so this one guy, this tall, curly-haired, fucking Peter Brady-looking motherfucker, or Greg Brady. I'm sorry, Greg Brady-looking motherfucker. Like he kept bouncing from like he literally get out of the pussy on one girl and then go cut in line and try to get in the pussy on the other girl, right? And and everybody was sort of kind of like getting annoyed with this dude, right? And um. And then, like, like, and I ain't even fucked yet. <laughs> I was just like, I was just kicking back. I'm like, nigga, if I ain't got to stick my dick in her at all, I'll be okay, because I'm still getting paid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So y'all go ahead, risk your lives as much as you want, because there's a lot of niggas here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was cool. But, like, so I'm about to fuck this little Asian girl, and um, and I'm next in line, and I know that sounds really bad, but I'm next in line. And oh um, no, please don't tell me he cut in front of you. No, no, no. Oh, he worse, worse. This nigga comes up right next to me, like so. Me and this other dude are sort of kind of fingering her, and we're being gentle and just being nice. And my boy's about to go into her, and this nigga comes up right next to me. Starts slapping his fucking like wet ass dick on this chick, and the shit's going all over me. I'm like, wow, nigga, like wow, dog, back the fuck up, back the fuck up. I ain't even playing, cuz you know what I mean. Well, we'll we'll go, we'll go out this, we'll go out this. I ain't even playing, and fucking so, dude walks around me and fucking like. Get so up on my homie that my homie's so uncomfortable that this dude is so close to him that he just like literally backs off the pussy. This dude instantly jumps in, right? I'm like, wow. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So I fucking walk out. They're still shooting, obviously. I walk out, start putting my fucking clothes on, and the owner's wife is like, "What are you doing? Is everything okay?" And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? And I'm all, you know, I understand you guys have to have a lot of guys, but next time maybe you ought to consult with some of the male talent because obviously you've got some male talent in here that isn't used to getting pussy. And so they feel that they need to be in the pussy at all times. <laughs> And I said, and so what I'm doing is you guys a favor. And she's all, what do you mean? I said, I'm leaving, and you guys don't have to pay me. Don't even worry about it. I said, but I'm leaving before I go to my car and I get my gun and I just fucking cap this motherfucker right here. Because I'm not really fucking playing games no more. And she's all, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, thank you. (laughs) And that was about it. (laughs) <laughs> so it's either leave or go get my FS92 out of the car and fucking just fucking smoke this fucking fool right here. You know what I'm saying? Because I was I wasn't really playing like that. That you know that that was how irritated I was becoming with some of the stupid shit that was happening in the industry. <laughs> but I was like, nah, I gotta go. I gotta go, man. This cat's gonna get me in trouble, man. I'm gonna end up fucking him off right right here, right now. You know, so so uh, so I, I bounced out. I bounced out. So I didn't work for them anymore. And I'm okay with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm okay with that. Because if they want to, if they don't want to control their sets like that, then I don't really want to work for them. 
You know what I'm saying? Fucking, you know, mm-hmm. there was three cameramen and fucking multiple PAs there. They knew exactly what the fuck was going on. But they just didn't want to call it. They didn't want to call cut and say, you know what? Get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? They just let it go down like that. And I like them. Fuck it, man, nigga. I don't need to work for you no more. I was making like fucking eighty-five, ninety thousand dollars a year at the time anyway. Fuck it. Give a fuck about you or your company. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Let's have some words. I'll still go out to my car and get my fucking FS92, nigga. This is LA. Better figure it out. People die here. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's LA. absolutely wow yeah 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 so crazy stuff man crazy stuff absolutely i believe it still sort of on the same um, topic of uh like the gangbang and orgy style productions did those scenes (laughs) poppy chul is now going to repeat that what was that poppy chul can you can you say that again what do you mean (laughs) wait because that was actually sort of kind of an oxymoron. I think that was a pun, and you didn't even intend it. <laughs> the gang banging orgy stuff. <laughs> yeah, because they're uh, different. Gang bang is different than orgy. Uh, never mind. I was just sort of kind of laughing. Never mind. Like, you'll get it. You'll when you when you listen back to this, you'll you'll get it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What was your question? Yes. Did those scenes ever get uncomfortable or claustrophobic? Well, that one did, obviously. Well, yeah, you know but I mean, I mean in, in sort of in general. Um, no, because you know what? Most of the time when I did gangbang scenes like that, it was predominantly black, and, you know, most of the male black talent were really, really good friends. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you had your Shawn Michael and Lex and Marcus, and oftentimes you wouldn't see most of them in gangbangs. You know what I'm saying? I've done it. one or two gangbangs with Sean, none with Marcus. Uh, I've never shot with Lex since 1997. Um, uh, but uh, but most of the time, you know, it was like it was like me and John John and Byron Long and Hooks and um, you know Tony Everetti, Wesley Pipes, uh, Country Pipes, uh, you know. Um, Charlie Mack, Shorty Mack, uh, you know, Ace, you know, Ace and Rock and, and Lee Bang and uh, D Snoop. And, you know, it was normally, it was normally us guys that were doing like, you know, blacks on blondes type gangbangs and low, low dumps, but I normally didn't do low dumps really. You know what I'm saying? Um, normally I was, I, if it was low dumps, I was the one that was fucking and then guys were coming in and doing low dumps. You know, but, but, you know, we were normally doing, like, the gangbangs, the black gangbangs, you know what I mean? Stuff like that, you know? Um, so, so, you know, with all of us being friends, we never had that type of stuff, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, so I would say no. I would say that was really the most uncomfortable and probably the only real uncomfortable gangbang that I've ever done. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and it was and it was literally because of that one guy. You know, me and Alec Knight and, and, and John Strong and a bunch of the guys that were there, you know, white guys that were there are all really good friends, you know, we're, or, or at least at least very congenial friends. You know what I mean? Not necessarily like we're calling each other up and going out for beers because we're buddies like that. 
people when we see each other, we're like, hey, how you doing? You know, stuff like that, you know? So. Overall, what has been one of your most memorable shoots? Uh, <laughs> how we say it, dude. You should know this by now, man. I, I, I do, I but I, I love hearing the story because you got to be in music videos and stuff. Well, no, I, Rebecca Linares, man, Rebecca Linares. I love that girl to death. I love Rebecca to death, man. That's probably 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 my favorite shoot. Probably oh, okay. I thought you were going to say the the Aphrodite movie because you got to be. Oh a... uh, no, no, no! I had fun with that movie, but like I'm talking about like scenes and stuff. Like the scene in that was the scene in that was cool. Like 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 Candida Royale was like taming my ass. She was like, "No, oh, Justin, slow down! Whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't really have to go there. I'm trying to throw the bitch in positions and blah blah blah." She's all, "No, no, 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 no!" <laughs> yeah, I remember. Candida Royale shoots movies for women. <laughs> they don't want to see gaping. They don't want to see this and that. I'm sorry. So, like, actually, when they got cut down, uh, if you see the finished product, uh, you know, there, there's not even close-up of the sex. You know what I'm saying? We were having sex, but there isn't even close-up of the sex. You know what I'm saying? So, so uh, you know... No, I enjoyed shooting that movie, but as far as like scenes are concerned, uh, which I thought you were asking about, um, Rebecca Lenar is probably probably one of my my favorite people to, to shoot with. You know, uh, me me and Rebecca just hit it off, and um, and I love her to death. Uh, she's the cutest little thing, like fucking four foot eight, like eighty five pounds. You know what I mean? She's a spinner. You know what I mean? You just ding. You know what I mean? But she's feisty because she's Spanish. <laughs> right? So I just love her to death. And the accent, oh God, the accent can make you pop fucking like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, but we're shooting and, and she stops the director and she's all, stop, 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 stop. And she's all, she's all, and, and, and I'm fucking her in the ass and she says, I'm in love with your friend's cock. <laughs> and that was supposed to be Spanish, a Spanish accent. Well, that I'm just just saying that's what she said. Okay. I'm, in, I'm in love with your friend's cock. <laughs> Maybe I sent her into like an English thing. I don't know. Maybe What's you never fun? know. <laughs> you made her speak in tongues. Yeah, there you go. You know. But I was like, uh, I'm in love with your. Ass, pussy, face, whole body, wow, just you. <laughs> I was just like, wow, I'm smitten. <laughs> no, I just love her to death. So, that was, you know, I had a lot of really great scenes. Me and Flower Tucci, um, you know, me and Flower Tucci had always hit it off, and I love working with Flower and, and uh, Olivia Lovely. Uh, I was lucky enough to shoot one scene with her, and I absolutely love working with Olivia. Um, you know, I did so much work with Ruth Blackwell and Katie Thomas and Spring Thomas. Um, me and Katie uh, hit it off really well. We had shot a lot of scenes together. Um, you know, we shot a scene that was vag and anal. It was one of her first anals. And Jim Camp said it was one of the hottest scenes she ever did. You know what I mean? Um, and, and we went at it. We went at it. That girl had multiple orgasms while I was in her ass. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I've had some great scenes, and, and and just because 
just because I say Rebecca is my favorite scene doesn't, you know, that's not to uh, take away from any of the girls that I've worked with. You know what I mean? They're they're all great. Uh, well, 99.9% of them were great. And, um, and I like them all, you know? I mean, I like them all. So, you know, had had great time. Sandra Romaine was awesome, too. Love Sandra Romaine, you know? Uh, but unfortunately, she retired. She went back to Romania. Smart girl. <laughs> she made her money and got the fuck out. <laughs> she ain't no dummy. She went back to Romania with an ass of money and set herself up. That's exactly what she did, you know. So, so uh, good stuff. Absolutely. So, since you're already dropping some names, I was actually my next question was going to be: uh, Who have been some of your favorite performers to work with? Hmm. Uh, like I said, Rebecca Lenara, Sandra Romaine. Uh, Flower Tucci, me and Mika Tan are good friends, but we didn't. We only got to we only got to do one scene. It was a boy boy girl. Uh, the contrast in styles between how the other guy fucked and I fucked are totally different. Um, this was you while had another my, rabbit. Yeah, uh, and um, and this was while my ankle was swollen like a motherfucker. I was like, I don't even know why I took the shoot, but I was on I was on fucking. Uh, anti-inflammatories and painkillers and muscle relaxers you know what I'm saying because my ankle swelled up like the size of a fucking softball literally um, you know from, from my ankylosing spondylitis uh, so um, so you know but I love Nika Tan to death um, and uh, Flower Tucci, Olivia Lovely Brie Olsen uh, me and Brie were, were, were really tight for a while um, you know, um, yeah, I, I can't even think of all the girls, you know what I mean? I and mean, there's just, there's, there's been too many and I, I'm going to forget a lot of names, but you know, um, you know, Amber Rain, me and Amber Rain were really cool for a long time. Um, you know, uh, uh, wow. Just, I mean, just a lot of girls, like all of them. I'm going to say all of them. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna say all and you were, of them, you you were know talking know about I mean? the other guy, uh, but Greg Brady beat the pussy hog. Yeah. What about him? No, you were saying, and you were saying Greg Brady was the pussy hog, and look at you, all of them. Oh well, what I mean, all of them. I just mean that that they were they were all cool. You know what I mean? Um, you know, obviously there was that small, very small percentage that um, you know ended up on my no list. Um, which I definitely had, and I had no problem selling directors that I had. Nice. Um, Maybe we'll go over yeah. your no list later on in the interview. <laughs> nah, we're not going to instigate like that. <laughs> hey, I we're tried listeners. Like that. I, I tried I become, listeners. I become passionate and a little bit inflammatory when I start talking about those girls. <laughs> well, there you they're go. On, they're on the no list for a fucking reason. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so you know, but I mean, I've I, I worked with I worked with so many girls, black girls, Hispanic girls, Asian girls, you know, some of the top Asian girls from Japan, um, you know, white girls, uh, you know, Hispanic girls, uh, you know, just on and on and on. And, 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 you know, every girl is different and every girl has something special about her. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I love some of the black girls, you know, Daphne Daniels. I did a scene with Daphne Daniels a few months back. Uh, that was one of the scenes that I did and me and Daphne had a blast, 
You know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, Kelly Shabari. I loved working with Kelly Shabari. She'd never give me a scene after that because she really does her BDSM thing. You know, it wasn't really, it wasn't me. It was just, she really does her BDS, BDSM thing. Uh, for the most part, but I, I love work. Uh, I, I love fucking the shit. I Kelly Sparty. I was like, ooh, can we do it again? Can we do it again? <laughs> can we do it again? <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah, I, I have fun, you know? You know, I have fun. Every girl has something special about her. Good answer. Now, who have you not worked with that you would love to do a scene with? Who who are like some of the girls that are on your must do list? And I'm sure on your must do list are all of the uh, current female performers that do not do interracial, correct? <laughs> Was that a setup? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, if they don't do an interracial, they'll never fucking work with me uh, because I won't work with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, if you don't want to do interracial now while your name's hot, then don't fucking come to me when you're fucking washed up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, don't try to get your fucking Hall of Fame from fucking working with me. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, so I don't concern myself with those girls. Uh, you know, to me, they're dead. They're, they, they're non-existent. They don't exist. Um, you know, uh, girls that I've wanted to work with, but I've never got to work with. Um, it's a good question. Uh, thank you. Savannah, but she was passed away by the time I got into the industry. Um, you know, uh, there's not so many girls that I really wanted to work with that I didn't get to work with. When I was shooting full-time, uh, I pretty much worked with all the girls that did interracial. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, there, there weren't that many girls that I didn't get to work with, you know? And, and, and quite honestly, um, the girls that I was working with, uh, I wouldn't trade them for one that I didn't get to work with. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I'm not going to trade a Katya Kassan for somebody else. I'm not going to trade a uh, Courtney Cummins for somebody else. Or, you know, a Donna Red or a Pinky or uh, Melrose Fox or anybody else for anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Maybe if I didn't work with them was because I was on the no list and I didn't know. Um, you know, as far as I'm aware, I was only on a couple girls' no list. Interesting. Uh, Who were they? Uh, Sasha Graham, Barbie Cummings. Oh, really? How'd you get on their no list? Um, Sasha Gray, I did a scene with John John, Liv Wilder, and Sasha Gray when I first came back in late 04. And I was into the scene... I popped a little bit, but then I couldn't get wood again. And, and, and that's sort of kind of like unusual for me. Um, but Sasha can be over the top. That's just how she is. But, but she can sort of kind of be over the top. And I don't like over the top. It actually turns me off. You know what I mean? And I don't think the scene really started that way. I think she sort of kind of escalated into it. 
and so it was sort of kind of my fault but but um but you know it is what it is uh you know i guess the the part that i didn't really dig was she was really cool afterwards i'm apologizing she you know uh live was cool john john was cool you know fucking sasha was cool and then the next thing i know i'm on fucking sasha's no list so to me it was sort of kind of like a fucking bitch move you know what i'm saying Oh yeah, I know everything's cool. Oh yeah, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna turn around and put you on my fucking no list, but I'm gonna tell you everything's cool right now. Yeah. That sort of kinda shows the person you are. Fucking bitch. You know what I mean? So like fuck Sasha Gray. You know? <laughs> fuck her to hell. Yeah, I don't give a shit about her. Um, you know, me and Liv Wilder went on to do uh multiple scenes later on, uh, in her career and mine. Always got along, always did great scenes. So Sasha Gray just fucked herself off, you know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> so she could have made a little bit more money uh, because my directors would have shot her with me, you know? Um, the other one, uh, who was the other one I just said? Oh, it was uh, Sasha Gray and Harvey Cummings. Oh, Harvey Cummings. <laughs> Barbie Cummings uh, for Black on Blondes and me and J Dick James are doing a fucking boy boy girl with Barbie Cummings and I'm just on one that day and so I pop we're doing we're doing uh, we're doing internal pops mm -hmm. and uh, so I pop Dick pops and fucking, I'm telling Jim Camp, dude, I can, I can fucking pop again. And he's all, are you sure? I said, yeah. And he's all, well, it can't be forever, dude. You can't take all this. You know, you got to do it like really quick. And I said, not a problem. And so, <laughs> so he's all, okay. So I jump back in there. I fucking pop again. And then I fucking come out, jerk off and pop on her again. And fucking, she didn't like that. So all of a sudden, I ended up on her fucking no list. Because you made the right? scene better? Because because I made the scene better because she's a fucking little bitch. And fucking, and so she's going to affect my money because I did my fucking job. You know what I mean? And so she told Jim Camp that, uh, that she didn't want to work with me anymore because my dick was too big. And then guess who she goes and works with? Mandingo. Byron Long. Okay, well, there you go. Who's a very good friend of mine. I've been across from him fucking more than 70 times. And his dick's bigger than mine. You know what I mean? So, that's how that story went. But what do you expect from a chick who gives a fucking cop a blowjob fucking to get out of a fucking ticket? Well, there you go. <laughs> that, that's a mouthful right there. <laughs> Ain't it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... so... So those are the only two girls that I'm aware of that I was on their no list. Okay. Minus all the girls that, do that don't do interracial. <laughs> exactly. Because you're there by default. You're at the top of the list. Yeah, right? I got, I got dark skin. You know, you know but I wish I would have known what I know now. You know, now I'm a registered Cherokee Indian. I'm actually 35% Cherokee, which makes me only 15% black and 50% white. But 
the white is mixed between, like I said, Scottish, French, and German. So, so actually, the majority of my blood is actually Cherokee. So here's the funny part. If I would have went into the industry knowing this, you know, I mean, I knew I was Cherokee, but I didn't know how much, especially at 27. I was even trying to figure it out then. If I would have went into the industry knowing that I was Cherokee Indian and sold myself as Cherokee Indian, none of these bitches would have ever had a problem working with me, and I would not have been considered interracial. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would have got mad work because I would have been the only Native American working in the in- industry. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. And all these girls would have said, oh, no, he's okay. He's, he's Native Indian. He's not black. That's how, that's how fucking ignorant these girls are that, that say, oh, I don't do interracial. <laughs> You're fucking an Asian guy. You're white. Oh, but that's not interracial. He's not black. Oh, my yeah, bad. That's never, that's never made any sense to me. Let, let me go back to college because fucking fuck me if I didn't get that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta love it, man. You gotta love it. <laughs> Never it cease to amaze somebody when you're dealing with a fool. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't agree more. Okay, so throughout the interview, you've been dropping some names of some of the male performers that you're really close with and that you're good friends with so uh, i'm kind of curious to ask uh, when you entered the business and you you know you were a fresh face in the industry who were some of the performers that you looked up to and aspired i don't know if i want to say aspired to be but you know aspired to uh, you know have the same or a similar trajectory that they had hmm well when i first came in you got to remember i did like uh i worked like almost three months and then I had my motorcycle wrecks and then it was sort of kind of over for a long time. Um, I was working, obviously, uh, I was doing interracial, but a lot of black on black because Afrocentric was shooting. Um, so video team Afrocentric. So I was working around like Mark Anthony, me and Lex were working around each other a lot. Um, uh, knew Marcus, but I didn't really know Marcus. Uh, I didn't really know Sean. He was sort of kind of untouchable at that point with all his contracts and stuff. Um, Byron Long, Cole Miner, um, you know, but a lot of my scenes were one-on-ones with, you know, Midori and, 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 and different, different white female talent and, um, you know, stuff like that, you know? So, so, uh, I didn't really get to get into it really, really, really deep, you know, in that three months, I probably shot 35, 40 movies, you know? Um, but you're talking about VHS movies back then, where which were basically like features now, you know what I mean? Where most of the time, I mean, because you didn't have compact fluorescence back then, you didn't have, you know, HT cameras back then, yada, yada, yada. So you actually had most of the time you would have lighting guys and you would have sound guys and you would have the makeup artists and then you would have the talents and you know so it was sort of kind of like a feature type deal where they would bring a box truck in you know with all this equipment and shit you know um so you know i was i was dealing with like rob blacks and and 
and uh you know mark anthony and you know like i said and byron and lex and stuff like that and so i really didn't look up to anybody i didn't watch a lot of porn before i came into porn you know what i mean mm -hmm. um and the porn that i did watch was normally white on white because i was watching savannah because she was hot as fuck <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dude, that is one of the main reasons why I kept going trying to get into porn. Because I wanted to fuck the shit out of Savannah. She was hot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jenna Jameson, not so much. Savannah, yes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Jenna can never hold a candle to Savannah's beauty. You know what I'm saying? Especially now. God, have you seen the pictures? Oh, wow. Ooh, meth is a hell of a drug. <laughs> uh, yeah that's why you have me on your show because i create all this controversy you know? <laughs> exactly you entertain me and i love it well uh it is what it is it is what it is yes okay now um, let's talk about some of your friendships in the business over the years okay. i mean you've been in the business for nearly two decades who have become some of your close friends in the industry, uh, female and male performers? Okay. Um, well, we'll do it like this. People that I've talked to in the last year um, and not on set. Uh, you know, me and John John are still fairly close, but me and John John have had some, you know, some rocks. And um, me and Ray Black are still really close. And Ray was up and coming, sort of kind of got shot down because freaking, you know, a lot of younger black males didn't really get their fair shake in the industry, um, you know, and there wasn't, there was stuff that some of the veteran males could have done, but there wasn't a lot, you know what I'm saying? Um, Do you it, think it, some it, of them it, didn't help out because they, they were scared they were going to lose their spots? Oh, of course, of course. Of course, of course. You know, uh, I referred guys all the time. In fact, I referred John John uh, back to Jim Camp uh, during that whole Barbie Cummings situation. I said, well, if I'm not going to make the money, you might as well make the fucking money. And he started shooting for Blacks on Blondes again uh, after that. You know, Jim Camp uh, took my referral and hired John John. Um, you know, and, um, but, uh, you know, I, I tried to help some of the younger brothers uh, you know, referring on this and that, and they didn't always know it, but, but I did, you know, uh, if I wasn't going to take a job or couldn't take a job with double books and like that, then I always referred somebody. I didn't just let the director hang up fucking without not trying to hook one of my homies up. You know what I mean? And, um, so, uh, you know, John, John, Ray Black, uh, me and Charlie Mack are friends, but we don't get to talk that much. Um, you know, uh, me and uh, Jamon Jordan talk on social media a little bit. Me and Dick James still keep in contact. Uh, me and Shorty Matt keep in contact. Um, you know, me and Byron, homies for life, dog. Homies for fucking life. You know what I'm saying? That's my nigga. That's my rock right there. And, um, uh, you know, me and Mr. Marcus still talk often. Um, you know, uh, me and Derek Pierce are still friends. Uh, we don't get to talk that often, but we're still friends. You know, I'm still friends with a lot of people, but I'm just trying to think of people that I, that I talk to, you know, fairly often. Um, you know, on the guy's side, 
that's sort of kind of, uh, you know, Tom Moore, uh, me and Tom talk often, um, you know, uh, on the, on, on the guy's side, that's, that's sort of kind of the, the list of it, you know, um, as far as people that I, that I talk to, you know, on a regular basis for the most part, um, on the girl side, uh, not so much, you know, um, uh, me and Devin Michaels, uh, we're friends, but we sort of kind of lost contact a little bit. Uh, me and Mika Tan talk all the time. She's just awesome. I love her to death. You know, I mean, you, you want to talk about just a, a fantastic woman right there. That's, that's a fantastic woman. Uh, Vanessa Blue by far is, uh, is, 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 is one of my homegirls for life. You know, I, I, I respect the shit out of Vanessa Blue. Love her to death. You know what I mean? Um, I don't really talk to that, you know, me and Daphne Daniels keep in contact. I keep in contact with a lot of people on social media, um, you know, um, but you, you know me, I normally run under aliases, uh, on social media, um, because it can get a little bit, it can get a little bit crazy, you know, and I get tired of answering the same fucking questions. How do I get into the industry and when you're going to shoot your next scene? Well, that's why you're answering them here so that you can tell people, check out poppychularadio.com. <laughs> Right? Go look at poppychulo.com. <laughs> so, so, you know, I run under my aliases a little bit. And so people don't know, you know, uh, more over talent than, 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 um, than fans, but, but they don't really know sort of kind of how to find me, even if they wanted to look for me, um, you know? Uh, so, so it sort of kind of just goes down like that, you know? So I don't really keep in contact with a lot of, uh, or talk to a lot of, uh, female talent, to tell you the truth, you know? And, um, you know, it's, it's in part because I sort of kind of, I guess I really try to sort of kind of separate myself from the industry to some extent, you know what I mean? Like if something happens, you know, that's major, I might chime in or I might keep tabs or I might be talking to my friends about it. Um, you know, but but uh, I'm definitely not into porn every day and porn conversation. You know, I could really give a flying fuck about it, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, I'm sort of kind of doing my own thing and uh, living my own life. I might shoot porn again. Um, I have some plans. And uh, I might shoot porn again, but I doubt it'll be for American companies. I doubt it'll be in America. Um, it'll probably be in Mexico, Central and South America, and the Caribbean. Um, you know, uh, never really got the opportunity to shoot in Europe. Uh, some of my friends are now, you know, Charlie Mack shooting in Europe, John John shooting in Europe. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I never really got the opportunity to shoot over there and I'm sure I would have liked it. Um, I heard it's really long days. It's sort of kind of like Japan where you're on set for like 14 hours a day and they don't want to pay you shit. <laughs> but you know, if you're shooting for Max Bellucci or what is it, Max Bellucci, Bellucci, uh, over in over in Italy and Greece, uh, that's not too rough when you're when you're banging some of those hot ass Italian and Greek girls. You know what I mean? Girls from Budapest, England, Britain, freaking Romania, uh, Bucharest. Uh, you know, freaking all those places. Yeah, <laughs> so, so uh, it, you know, but um, 
but such is life, you know. I mean, I, I'm not gonna sit here and whine about it, you know. You know, it would have been nice, but I'm not gonna sit here and whine about it. It is what it is, you know. Maybe someday somebody will call me up and go, "Hey, do you want to come over and shoot a movie in Europe?" And I'll be like, "How much?" There you go. <laughs> I got my passport, nigga. How much? <laughs> Let's rock and roll. You know, I had talked to Max about shooting over there before, but uh, but it just never never sort of kind of materialized. I think uh, I was supposed to go to AVN. We were going to meet AVN, and then I blew off AVN because I really don't like AVN. I don't like the company. I don't like them. I don't like their awards. So I didn't go. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can say that now. I'm not in the industry. Fuck Avian. That's what I say. Fuck Avian. They were never going to give me no fucking award, no way. I'm black. <laughs> I don't give black people awards at Avian. What the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it should be, it's, it, you, know, you, know, you know what I nicknamed it, don't you? Tell me. Or tell us. Tell the listeners as well. <laughs> <laughs> the Aryan video news. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's pretty much what I call it. The Aryan video news. Yeah, because it's fucking basically all white people. Yeah, yeah. They're all, well, you know, black people are only 13% of the demographic. Uh, yeah, and more than half of the scenes in L.A. are shot with interracial. <laughs> Put that fucking equation into your analysis, motherfucker. <laughs> it's like it's bullshit, man. So anyway, on to something happier. Well, let's speak <laughs> about something happier. Throughout the two decades, or almost two decades that you've been in the business, you've actually been featured quite prominently on box covers for several releases. And typically, the box cover is usually for the female talent. So how do you feel about... Uh, being on the cover in particular because for the most part it's usually just the the female performers are on the cover it isn't that often that the male performer is on the cover and uh, why do you think you landed on the cover do you think uh you know it, it was because of your growing fan base and uh prominence in the business <laughs> no no <laughs> well there you go yeah <laughs> Fans like to think that they move porn, but they really don't. I hate to tell you. Um, no, uh, I think it was. Um, I think it was a couple things. Um, tell you a story. So I walked into Hustler one day, and on a go see, and so I'm meeting with Larry Flint's wife's assistant, whose name was Laura Condone. And um, so I'm in the Hustler building, the, L the LFP building downtown, like Beverly Hills. And freaking, you know, on like the 16th floor or some shit and you're, you know, 20 foot plate glass windows and you're looking out over the Hollywood sign. And so I walk in and she says, where are you from? And I said, world modeling. And she's all, oh. And I said, is something wrong? And she's all, well, I would have expected you from like a modeling agent. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, so, so I had always gotten that in L.A. You know, a lot of people, like, compared me to Tyson Beckford. 
um, you know, and so on and so forth. And the only reason I never did really model model was because I'm only I'm just under five ten. You have to be six foot or above to do runway. Uh, in fact, one of my friends is a true supermodel, uh, like eighty thousand dollar a month supermodel. Paris, Milan, fucking like, you name it. She's there every month, and um, and she had always urged me and urged me and urged me, dude, you're hotter than most of these guys that are walking these runways. You need to be runway modeling. And uh, and I had tried. I had tried really hard. You know, I'm I'm really good at picking up lists and this and that and a third. And I had found lists of every modeling agency in the world. And freaking, I contacted all of them. And nobody was like, nope. Everybody was like, nope. I mean, you know? So they were like, nope, 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 nope. And I was like, fuck. And so, uh, so that never worked. But I think that's part of the reason why I ended up on so many box covers. Was just because I had that look. And I get that all the time in L.A. Uh, every time I do something mainstream. And I'm not talking part of the time. I'm not talking some of the time. I'm talking every time that I do mainstream in L.A., I'm being featured. I just shot um, a movie for, uh, or I shot an episode uh, for the show called Matador in, uh, on the El Rey channel in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And they, awesome. they, they featured me in both scenes. They put me right in front of the main actor in the first scene. And then in the second scene, they put me directly in the backdrop of the main actors that they were shooting. So every single scene, they kept putting me right in the camera view. In fact, in the first one, they were shooting with three cameras, and all three cameras were directly on me. Mm-hmm. So We need to get you so, on From um, Dusk Till Dawn next. Right? See? So, so... So, you know, I've always gotten that in L.A. I've always been told that I have the look, the look, you know what I mean? And, um, dude, I look really white right there. The look. <laughs> so, it's so, the 50%. Uh, yeah, right? It's the 50%. <laughs> I think it's the cheekbones from the, from the Cherokee, to tell you the truth. They love my cheekbones. And um, so, uh, so... I had always gotten that, and so I think it was partially that, and then just partially, you know, half chance and luck. You know what I mean? They were going to put the guy on the box cover with the girl, and so they're like, okay, well, who are we shooting in the movie as as far as guys? And then they're like, oh, well, you know, he has he has the most model looks. Let's put him on the box cover, and his skin complexion will go with this girl or that girl or whatever have you. You know what I mean? And, and then, you know, and then, you know, I'm sure part of it was, was scheduling, you know what I mean? Um, they have their still photographer coming to do the box cover at this time and they want so-and-so, but so-and-so's got a scene booked. Okay, well, let's use Justin, you know? So I don't think it was necessarily because I was the man, you know what I'm saying? I think it was uh, just a lot of things that probably played into it. And, uh, and that's just ended up how it worked out. But yeah, I do, I do have, I do have quite a few box covers, you know, but, but it's not that unusual for guys to be on box covers. You know, John John's got quite a few. Well, box yeah, covers well, I'll say, and, I'll say, I think it's changed a lot within the past, maybe 
10 years but I mean it used to be the female performers and then some of like the top male performers and then recently it's kind of changed you were kind of you were sort of when you started being on it it was kind of like in those transitioning years right 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 yeah yeah I can agree with you I can agree with you on that just because I'm hot dude well there you go <laughs> watch out now don't uh don't walk near a mirror you you might uh the the, the mirror is gonna burn <laughs> yeah that's me mr egomaniac <laughs> there you go you heard it here first listeners uh, <laughs> well justin uh, unfortunately we're running out of time we're hitting the the two hour mark and i still have so many more questions to ask you i mean i i want to get into some of the serious issues in the business like racism and uh you know all everything that's going on with uh you know in regards to condoms as well as just a whole lot more about you including your music so would you be game for coming back and doing a part two continuing this uh, great conversation hell no <laughs> well listeners <Thanks. laughs> of course i would of course i would fantastic <laughs> So, listeners, I had to scare you there a little bit. Well, yeah, well, yeah, you, you scared all the listeners too, but fortunately, they, they, they all, uh, they're all okay now. So, uh, Justin, I certainly want to thank you so much for doing this part one of the interview. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One on One with Poppy Chulo every Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash poppy chulo radio. And of course, like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash poppy chulo radio. With that, Justin Long and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night.